But if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to uh, Romans uh, chapter 5. Uh, we'll read 1 through 11 uh, shortly. Um, and so if I didn't meet you last time, my name is uh, Jesse Beard. Um, uh, I live in uh, Monroe. I'm a part of uh, the Crossing Church. Uh, and just really excited to, to bless you guys. Uh, and, and, and not because I'm super smart and I know how to preach really, really well, uh, but just that I, I can have the ability to proclaim the gospel and encourage you and remind you of truths. And I'm really excited when I get to do it for the Crossing Church or people who I don't know well, who I've only met once. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really excited uh, to be here uh, with you guys today again. And so if you uh, turn to Romans chapter 5 and you're thinking, uh, it's December, and uh, why are we reading Romans? This is not uh, the Christmas story. And you like skim through, like make sure, like, no, there's nothing in here about the Christmas story. Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, there is nothing in there specifically about the Christmas story, like what, what we just read in Luke. Um, but do not worry. Uh, this is where we're supposed to be this morning uh, in Romans 5. Uh, and this, this season, and, and it's, it's really fitting uh, that, that Mr. Eddie talked about uh, praying for these people who are hurting right now, who have lost loved ones. Uh, because what usually happens in this season, this, this Advent season, uh, Christmas season, uh, is we're most of the time really happy. We, we love this season. We get really excited. Whatever it is about this, the weather changing, even though it might be like 90 degrees next week here in North Louisiana, uh, whatever it is, all this, this excitement comes. We get really excited. And what happens, though, is we do lose loved ones and people get sick. I, I lost my grandma uh, last Thanksgiving. And so we had to do that, walk through that whole season uh, without her. And then even uh, last week, my mom found out some like not so great medical news and, and we're gonna have to walk through that. Uh, but, and so it's weird because it's like, uh, we're supposed to be happy. This, is, this season is supposed to be really fun and exciting. Nothing bad is supposed to happen, but that's the time bad things happen. But when my grandma uh, passed away, still gathering with family uh, around Christmas, remembering fun, fun times with her. And this year, whatever news happens with my mom in the next couple of weeks, my mom is not going to let that just like be a damper on the Christmas season. She has grandkids now. She's going to be super excited. And we, we can gather together like this with families, remembering not just these presents and, and all this other fun stuff, but we constantly are reminded of how the season is so much bigger for us as believers. Uh, and so this is what we're going to read in Romans uh, today. The entire book of Romans, obviously, is packed full of good foundational truth uh, that we can hold on to in our lives, especially in these 11 verses. And as, as we are in this time of Advent, this Christmas season, uh, this passage gives us four key ideas when it comes to Christmas. And so this is the connection to Christmas. Uh, and these ideas are hope, peace, love, and joy, and you'll see these throughout the uh, the passages, and I'll and I'll constantly be saying them. And so, if you need to write them down, whatever hope, peace, love, and joy. And so, let's read uh, Romans chapter five, one through eleven. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. For while we were still helpless at the right time, 
Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if while we were still sinners, we were reconciled to God through his death, through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will be saved through, through saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. Let's pray before we go on. Father, I thank you so much for this season of Advent, not just with the, the good feelings that come and, and, and the, the singing and the gifts and, and whatever else, the time with family, whatever it is, God, but most of all that we can take this time to remember your son. Remember what you did, sending your own son uh, in the form of a baby uh, to live a perfect life and to die for our sins uh, that we did not deserve. We continually do not deserve uh, this sacrifice, God, uh, but you give it to us. And we thank you so much uh, for that. Thank you so much for all chapel, uh, their love for you, their love for uh, their church and their love for this community, God. Uh, I pray that in, in the coming weeks and months, uh, whatever it looks like for them, God, they continue to look to you for everything, to continue to look for you, uh, to glorify you, uh, to love this people, these people here well, and to love their community well in the hopes uh, that they would come to know Jesus uh, and the peace that brings. Uh, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. I pray that this time is not about someone talking and, and some people listening. This time is about proclaiming the gospel, uh, that ears are open, uh, that hearts are, are changed because of your work. Amen. All right. Uh, this word Advent uh, simply means coming. Uh, this is, it's crazy uh, throughout uh, my time growing up in Homer, Louisiana, uh, I really didn't hear this word Advent a lot. It, it took coming to college, listening to different podcasts of, of pastors elsewhere, and then uh, part of the Crossing Church where we took this whole month to celebrate Advent. I never really thought about this. It was like, obviously, I knew uh, what the Christmas story was, uh, and that was important. Christmas Day was important, but Advent wasn't a big thing. But this word meaning coming, this something is coming, and there is this waiting with anticipation for whatever that thing is to come. It doesn't have to be just the Christmas story. Something is coming, and we really want that. We're waiting and waiting and waiting. And think of this waiting uh, like a rope uh, being pulled in opposite directions. Uh, as it begins to be pulled and pulled and pulled, uh, there's tension that builds and builds and builds and builds in the rope uh, until what? The rope snaps. Uh, eventually the rope snaps. Uh, but this rope snapping, this rope breaking is not a bad thing. We can think of Advent, uh, think of it as a, uh, a slave uh, finally breaking free from their chains. There is this sense of relief and freedom after this hope that we've, we've waited for for so long. It finally happens. We're hoping for something. Uh, everyone in the Old Testament uh, hearing prophecies, longing for something more than just king after king after king that fails and fails and fails. They're wanting something more. They're waiting for the promised Messiah. Uh, but for us, Christ has already come to earth. He, he's, he's died. He's risen again to be with his Father. And so now what are we waiting for? What is, what is Advent to us? 
um, this time of year uh, as a kid, uh, waiting and waiting until you finally get to open that gift under the tree that, you know, you've already shaken a few times to figure out what it is. You may have even peeked where your parents hid the presents. I remember that Christmas where my mom knew that I did, but I didn't know she knew. She's like, that's the one you saw, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? No, I didn't. And it wasn't that exciting. Uh, but we're waiting and waiting. We finally get to open these gifts. There's so much excitement uh, that you're waiting so much that you can't even sleep uh, Christmas Eve night. Uh, and as a parent now, uh, I still experience this excitement. There's, there's no surprises under the tree for me unless my wife gets me something. Um, but there's, nothing, there's not that excitement for me, but I'm excited for when my two-year-old wakes up and walks in the living room and finally sees these presents that she's been told to like stop touching that, stop messing with that all December. She finally gets to open these and I'm excited for her. Now we're waiting uh, for Christmas. We're waiting uh, for this. Uh, but how much more is this hope, this waiting for in Christ returning. Uh, so this is hope. We have hope. Uh, we also have peace during this Advent season. Peace that no matter how many problems come up, how, many, how much sickness, uh, everything else that, that we deal with, uh, we finally get to breathe and rest after all this. The, this season is finally here. Uh, I got to talk to a few college students th uh, the past couple weeks, and they had finals this past week, uh, and they have this peace that no matter what, that no matter what happened with their finals, this whole semester, what happened with them, uh, they finally get to breathe after this. Uh, this is all over. They finally get to rest. They're like, I don't care, A plus or F, whatever. I get to like finally rest knowing that I don't have to do this stuff anymore. Now, there's this peace that they have um, that no matter what happens, they're good now. They have a whole month of winter break. Um, but how much more peace do we have because of the work of Jesus? Love uh, is, is absolutely everywhere during the holidays. Spending time with family, whether it's gift giving, uh, eating, just being together. We love friends and family. Uh, we love being with them. And I've learned that as, as I grow up, my family also grows up and they want to move away. They want to do bigger things. Uh, and so Christmas, especially Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, uh, is the one time of the year that I know that everyone's going to be in town. And I love spending time with my family, catching up, uh, talking, you know, as the grandkids come along, there's just this excitement. I love family. So that this time of Christmas is full of love. Uh, we get that. But how much greater is God's love for us? And this season also always tends uh, to produce joy, or at least a lot of happiness. And, and we've already talked about this. Uh, this uh, again, this weather gets cooler sometimes. Uh, the gifts, the, the music, the movies, family and friends, the food, uh, everyone just seems happier around Christmas. We, we get this. Uh, pretty much once Thanksgiving gets here, uh, there is a smile on my face all the time, partly because there's food all the time everywhere. This is like the one time I get my grandma's chicken and dumplings, and I have to like celebrate this. I'm so excited about chicken and dumplings. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. My, my daughter and I just watched The Christmas Story while she ate breakfast. Uh, so Christmas movies make me excited. Listen to Christmas music, whether it's about Jesus or not. You, you get it happy. We love this time of year. But again, how much more joy, actual joy, do we have in Jesus Christ? And so I like to spend the rest of our time together reminding ourselves about these truths. Because again, uh, there's nothing in me uh, whether it's here or at the Crossing Church that's like, 
man, this guy has all the answers. I can't wait to hear it. it really, it's me reminding myself as I prepare, as I preach right now, of these truths. Uh, because we know these things, even as we get to this Christmas season. We know what this is really about. But we also constantly have to be reminded, pull back away from the gifts, away from the, the everything else in life. Uh, to what this is really about, to Jesus. And so this is what we're uh, going to do, uh, really looking at uh, Romans uh, chapter 5. Um, at the Crossing Church, uh, when we take people through the membership process, we had a, uh, member, uh, a new members class last Sunday that I led. Uh, we really emphasize identity. Our identity, obviously, it's who you are. Uh, and so what's funny is when we think about this, uh, when you meet someone for the first time, if you were to come up and meet me for the first time uh, here uh, today, uh, after we exchange names, uh, the usual next question is not, uh, hey, Bill, I'm Jesse. Who are you? What is your identity? Like, that sounds silly. We don't do that. Uh, what is it? No, it's, uh, hey, Bill, I'm Jesse. What do you do for a living? Uh, wh- where do you work? Uh, and, and we get this. This happens all the time. It's not a bad thing. But, but what happens is we form our identity who we are uh, around what we do rather than who we truly are. It's, it's always what we do, our jobs, whether we're a student, uh, husband, father, or a, a wife, mother. Uh, it's what we do that just makes who we are. And, and that's probably okay for some people uh, who don't know Jesus. Uh, they work, they work, they work, and they're finally successful. Uh, they finally make money, and they're so proud uh, to, this is who I am. I am a doctor. I'm a lo- whatever it is. Uh, but for us Christians, thankfully, very thankfully, our identity is not based on what we do, but instead what God did. And this influences everything we do, uh, even how we read Scripture. Uh, it's no longer we read something in Scripture, we figure out what it means for us, uh, and then we do exactly what it says, or we don't do what it says. Uh, instead, We read scripture and then ask ourselves, who is God according to this passage? Uh, What has he done according to this passage? Uh, Who am I according to what he's done and who he is? And now, because of who I am, what do I do? And so a lot of times we go backwards. It's, uh, what do I do? Uh, I need to do these things, and that controls who I am. And then we kind of forget about what God's done and who God is. But if we flip that to really what it is, is who is God? What has he done? Who does that make me because of the work Jesus has done? And now, what do I do? Uh, And so once we understand who God is, what he's done, then we'll see that our lives are much more than the stuff that we do. Though very important, it's much more than that. Our doing must flow out of who we are. And who we are flows out of who God is and what he's done through Jesus. And so these Advent themes that you can hear in Almost every song, every, every movie that's played, all the Hallmark cheesy movies, uh, there's these themes of hope, peace, love, and joy. How can these ideas, these themes, be a part of who we are as Christians? Uh, and not just around this time of year, this Advent season, but all the time experiencing these gifts from God. And so first, let's look at hope. Uh, this is uh, really emphasized in verses 2 through 5. Paul says, uh, we have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope. This hope. 
will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, he has, who was given to us. And so we hope, like we talked about earlier, this, this Advent, this longing for something, we hope for a lot of things. And it's not just during the holidays. We hope for new and better jobs. We hope that our kids like, turn out okay. <laughs> and that more seriously, they, they love Jesus someday. Uh, we hope our family members are healed from sickness. After a, a long day at work, we are just hoping for like some sleep, like a nap. That would be nice. Um, these things uh, are good to hope for. They're, they're fine. It's, it's okay. Uh, but the thing about it, uh, all this stuff that we, the hope, that we hope for, um, everything we hope for in life, uh, it might not turn out the way we hoped it would. We uh, could lose our job rather than get a better one. Uh, kids rebel. Kids are bad sometimes. I, I know that. Two years being a parent. Who knew? Um, uh, death continues to happen around us. Sickness continues, no matter how much we hope that it doesn't. It continues to happen. Uh, these things that we hope for are not sure to happen. We know this. But the hope that we have in Jesus, we can have full confidence in Jesus. Because He came, He did the work of the gospel, and promised to return. That is what we're waiting for. That is what we're hoping for, His return. And we don't know when. Uh, we don't know when He's coming, but we are absolutely waiting with anticipation. And the, the crazy thing is, if we don't live to see that day, we have no idea when it's coming. If we don't live to see that day when Jesus returns to take us home, we still get to be with Him forever in heaven and then on new earth. And that is the hope, that no matter if it's Jesus returning to save us uh, or that we, we finally get to have this final rest, uh, we are laid in the grave, uh, that it's not, it's not over, uh, that we get to be with Jesus forever. That is the hope uh, that we're waiting for every day. Uh, and, and, and as we wait for these little things in life, we can look to that uh, so much more. And so let's put our hope in Jesus uh, this Advent season. Next uh, is peace. Uh, peace is um, really in verse 1. Uh, Paul says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a really simple verse. Uh, we hope for, we long for a day when Jesus returns, but we also have peace. Uh, and is it just peace in really good times? No, because of what Paul says uh, next in, in 3 and 4. He says, not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. Paul tells these believers in Rome uh, that you can put your hope in Jesus and no matter what, you can have peace knowing that he did everything and, and everything he did and said is true, but also not only that, uh, but a peace that no matter what happens here on earth, that, that we're hoping and longing for this day that we get to be with Jesus again. Uh, but this time on earth is not useless. It's not pointless. That while we are here on earth, everything is going to be okay. And, and that's a really simple thing to say, uh, and, and especially in times that are really hard. Everything's going to be okay. It sounds very light and like we're not really thinking about the situation. But it's really true. We have peace in the midst of all the pain life brings because we know that in the long run, we'll be with Jesus, not have to experience sin or pain any longer. But even looking at our time here, we could lose absolutely everything in our lives, everything, and we would still be okay because we have 
Jesus. My, uh, my wife is the financially minded one uh, for our family, and I'm very thankful for that because anytime I think about it, I either don't want to think about it or I get stressed out too much. Um, but a lot of times when we're working through budgeting and, and, and where to put this money and, and how to save for this, uh, she gets really worked up and worried about money. Uh, it's, and it's understandable. Money is a big deal uh, in our lives. Um, but when she gets so upset, uh, I'll ask her, uh, what is the worst thing uh, that could happen if we suddenly have no money? I'm not sure how that would happen. Just the money's gone. Someone stole our money. What's the worst thing that could happen? And, and the things she goes to a lot are obviously she gets annoyed with me when I ask these questions as well. So that's not just like a good conversation. Uh, she's like, we could lose our house. We could lose all of our stuff, the cars that we have. Uh, we could lose all these things. And, and that would be really, really bad. Uh, but what I constantly can go back to is we have family and friends uh, who would care for us, who would, uh, you know, hey, use my car for a little bit, or let me, let me drive you somewhere, please stay at my house, whatever it is. We have family and friends. Like her parents live three blocks away from us now. Uh, we have people who are going to love and care for us no matter what. If we lose everything, it's okay. If, our fire, if a house goes up in a fire, we're going to be okay. But even bigger, we have a God who will do the same infinitely more, so much more than we can ever comprehend anyone here on earth caring for us. God does so much more. And so we can have peace knowing that everything in life is going to be okay, not because of the work that we can do to make it better, but because of what Jesus did for us. We can have peace no matter how much sickness and pain around us this Christmas season. Uh, Jesus made it better. Jesus uh, gives us peace, not us. We can't do anything. And then next, uh, we have love. And, and love is uh, really emphasized in uh, 5 through 8. Paul says, This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, maybe a good person perhaps, someone might even dare to die, but God proves His own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This word love, uh, I have come to understand love so much more and more every day. Uh, and I'm definitely an expert on love. Um, but as I've grown as a husband for the past few years and a father the past two years, uh, I've understood it, understood it so much more for those reasons specifically. I really thought I understood it in high school and college. I thought I had it all figured out what love uh, really was, but I had no idea. Uh, what love actually meant, what, what it really was uh, for me. Um, I like, would absolutely do anything for my family right now. Uh, no matter how annoyed my wife is with me or I am annoyed with her uh, in a moment, uh, I love her and I would do whatever it takes to protect my wife. And no matter how many times my daughter screams, falls on the floor, and tries to hit me uh, when I tell her she cannot have another cookie, um, happened this morning but with donuts, um, I still love her, uh, and, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to see her flourish and grow into a follower of Jesus, whatever it takes. Um, just not another cookie or donut in that moment. She needs to chill out a little bit. Um, I'm going to do anything I can for my family. I love them with a love that I could not comprehend uh, before this. Uh, and so if you have kids, if you have a spouse, you understand this, that it's no questions asked. I I'm there. Like We can talk about it, but really, what do you need? Whatever, I'm there for you. But what about the opposite? What about 
my enemy, not your, not your child, uh, but children of wrath, the absolute opposite of, of what family is. Uh, because we were only made in children of God uh, after the fact that we were his helpless, sinful enemies. Uh, but there had to be payment for our sin. We could not do anything. We were helpless. It says that helpless uh, or just dead in our sin. There had to be payment for our sin. And so God gave up his son who he loved so that we could have life. This unconditional love. This is what the father has for us. And so when I'm thinking about how much I love my daughter and my son, uh, how I can't even comprehend how much God the Father loves me, that he would give up his son to save me, who was going against the complete opposite of who he is, worshiping sin every day, uh, constantly turning away from him. Children of wrath, we were, we were helpless sinners, nothing, nothing to him. But he saved us because he loved us. And even today, as we constantly, every day, turn to sin, turn back to him, turn to sin, turn back to him, he continues to love us. He continues to care for us. This is the love that the Father has for us, so much more than any love that we could have for anything this Christmas season. And last, finally, we have uh, joy. Paul says in 9 through 11, ending it out, how much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, will be saved through him from wrath? For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of the Son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through now we have received this reconciliation. And so joy, not actually in here, rejoice. We rejoice in this truth that God saved us. And so a lot of stuff in life makes us happy. Uh, food, sports, family, friends are some of the big things for me. Uh, this time of the year or not, uh, most of us would say that we're pretty happy people. Uh, most of the time, uh, we're happy. But do we have joy? Do we understand joy? Uh, John Piper really helps uh, me see this big picture with his definition of joy, he says, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. That's, this is the key difference between happiness and joy right here in the middle. This is joy, Christian joy, is produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in everything. Because if I'm enjoying all these things that make me happy, whatever it is, plug in whatever makes you happy in life, they're good things. God's gifts to us. Whatever those things are, it's not going to be enough. You know, whatever makes me happy, if it's, if it's a means to an end, if that stuff is the only thing that's making me happy and I'm just seeking that to make me happy, it's not enough. It's not going to be enough in the end. It doesn't matter how good the food is, uh, I will be hungry again. It doesn't matter how good my job pays. If I get a new job, uh, I will always need more money for my family. Uh, your favorite team will lose games uh, and disappoint you. Even if it's the greatest team ever, you will not be satisfied. And I'm sure how many of you are LSU fans? I am not. I'm a sad ULM fan, and we're going to go through this forever probably. But LSU fans, you're really excited right now. This is, this is really exciting. I'm excited for you, but you're going to be disappointed eventually. They can win the national championship this year. And next year, they could go, oh, and something. Probably not. Uh, but 
uh, your favorite team, whatever it is, is going to disappoint you eventually. Um, family and friends uh, that we love, that make us so happy, they are going to leave in one way or the other. That leaving us through uh, divorce or just family issues or death. Family, leave. None of this stuff matters if it's a means to an end. And let me make it clear, this stuff is really good. I love food, family, sports, all this good stuff. I really love it. Um, but if it's a means to an end, it's, it's not going to mean anything. But through the work of the Holy Spirit living inside us, uh, we can look at all this stuff through a new lens. It's no longer a means to an end for happiness. Uh, like seeking this happiness from all this stuff, just holding that happiness in. Uh, but instead, everything in our life begins to point to something so much greater. Everything points to the beauty of Jesus. How does this work? Uh, when I work uh, at my job to earn money, um, to pay for things we need, I can look to what Christ did uh, and has done and is, is still doing and know that God has placed me there for a reason, so much more than a paycheck. Um, but what's bigger is through my work, I'm reminded that I don't have to work to earn the reward that he has for me. And that, that knowledge, that brings me joy. Uh, when I have the best food ever, probably somewhere in Texas, I've had some good barbecue there recently. Um, I can thank God uh, for creating incredible flavors. Uh, because of the work Christ has done, I can look forward to the great feast with like the actual best food ever. And the fact that I'll never go hungry again. And that knowledge, that brings me joy. When I have fun with my family, I can praise God that he has blessed me with a beautiful, loving family despite all my flaws. And then I look to Christ and what he has done and know that I am now a child of the king. And his love for me surpasses any love that I can ever imagine for my kids and my wife. That brings me joy. Our circumstances, our time in this world cannot and will not bring us joy. And I know this because uh, I can look out to this congregation, I can look out to our congregation, The Crossing, um, right now, and, and, and not knowing a lot of you that well. Um, but I know that many of you have experienced so much more pain and hurt and suffering than I have. I'm 27 years old. Uh, I, I, I would say I've, I've experienced some pain, but I know that some of you have experienced so much more and if it was um, our circumstances uh, define how much joy we have, a lot of you would be so sad right now. A lot of you would not be able to sing. You wouldn't be able to come here and worship with your family. You wouldn't be able to do anything because you'd be so down. But that's not, the, that's not it. Our circumstances cannot and will not define how much joy we have. We get that uh, from something else. Our circumstances does not produce it, uh, but our circumstances do point to the one who gives us this joy, Jesus. And so as we think about these things, this hope, this peace, love, and joy, especially this time of the year, are we, are we thinking about it in, in a sense of, uh, this is a sermon, these are really good things, um, or are we thinking of the opposite? Is, is it like, uh, I got to do all these things to, to be good enough, that kind of thing? No, uh, let's, let's walk through this, this this hope, this, this Christmas season, we're longing for something more. Uh, that we can see it in pictures of uh, our kids waiting for presents. We are longing for Jesus. We're waiting in, with anticipation for his return. And that peace, this peace that we have this holiday season, that everything's going to be okay. Um, we have so much more peace because we know uh, that Christ died for us. 
that He's coming back, uh, that no matter what, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how much we turn to sin daily, God still loves us because of that work. We can have peace knowing that our salvation is forever and we cannot lose it. And then love uh, as we experience good family time or bad family time, uh, that if you get to your family and it's a tough time, uh, you still love your family. Uh, you love your kids. You love your spouse. Uh, and that we can look at that, and that points to the so much better, so much bigger love uh, that God has for us, not because of anything we could do, uh, but because of the work Christ has done to ensure that love. And then finally, this joy uh, that so much around this time of the year and, and throughout our life, we get so happy. We love things, uh, but let's let those things, all this stuff, point to the joy that we have in Jesus, the, the, the great joy. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again uh, so much that, that all these things uh, said today, that what we read in your word, all this uh, is true uh, for us who have believed in you uh, and not according to anything that we can do better, that, that we could know more and, and read more and pray more. Uh, it is not based on any of that, God, because we would lose it so quickly. But all this stuff, uh, this, this hope, peace, love, and joy, we have these things. And we can keep them forever because of the work that you have done through your son, Jesus. Thank you so much. That is true for us now and forever, God. I pray that through this season uh, of life, the this congregation at Alds Chapel, those here and not here, uh, will not look to uh, the good things this, this season brings, the, the gifts, the singing, the, the family time, and they will not look to the, to the bad things, the sickness and, and the death and the hurt to define this Advent season. Uh, but instead they will look to your gospel story uh, that covers everything to define this, that we will constantly be reminded daily uh, of this great love you have for us, and that you sent your son to die for us so that we could be with you forever. Let's look to that as our hope. Uh, God, thank you so much uh, again for the gospel uh, for all this chapel church. Amen.